0: Hi, I'm Connor.
1: And I'm Jeremy. We're the hosts of an upcoming limited series, The Legend of Zelda Games Club, on Patreon.com slash radio.
0: We love the Zelda series to heart pieces. So throughout the year, we'll be covering the mainline Zelda games starting in April, running all the way through November.
1: Subscribers at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at Patreon.com slash radio will get an episode twice a month with some of the best Zoras, Hylians, and Dekus around.
0: Not only are we covering the entire mainline series, but we'll also be going over or other Zelda topics along the way
1: that naughty little tingle might even sneak an episode for free every now and then we can't
0: stop him we've tried want a deep dive on the hookshot? it's coming fascinated by Zelda clones we're covering them always dreamed of a Zelda space solace well now my Goron brother It's happening.
1: Check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier.
0: We've got a ton of fun in store this year as we explore Hyrule, Termina, Koholint Island, and more. And don't forget, it's it's dangerous dangerous to to go 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 alone. alone. Take
1: Take us. us!
0: Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, which is the podcast where I, your host, Connor McKay, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. On the show, you might know that we talk as much about what made playing the game special and fun and what the guest might enjoy about it as we will about the context around when and how they fell in love with it for the first time or maybe even just experienced it. I never know. It'll be fun to hear from our guest today. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping up top is that you can check us out on social media. So if you're a an Instagrammer, a Twitterer, uh, and you want to follow the show and interact with us, we have uh, accounts that you can do so with. We're on Instagram at Call Me By Your Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game, but just the one Y. So that's B Y O U uh, R. And if you follow us, you can uh, of course see when we're releasing episodes, the cool art I make for it every week, and you can also learn about our guests and see how you can uh, support them. Uh, and if you already like the show and you want to know how to support us, there's a few typical podcast ways you can do so. Uh, you can of course jump over to the Apple podcast store, really wherever you get your shows and you can leave us a review. Let us know maybe the favorite game we've covered of yours, a uh, favorite moment, maybe even how this guest charmed your socks off today. I'm anticipating reviews just flowing in. You can share the show with a friend. And of course, you've probably heard an ad for it, or will later, but you can check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. That's it for the housekeeping, and I'll finally introduce our guest for today, so please welcome to the microphone, just above his head, Joey Clift. Welcome to the show. Um,
2: Hey, Connor, how's it going, everybody? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to talk video games. Uh, I feel like you've really set the the bar very high for me. I've got to (laughs) charm socks off people. Uh, I've got to be chum, oh, man. This is, oh, look, this is hot. We're recording this at eight o'clock at night. I
0: go to bed at seven now. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, most people, they come in and they're like, oh no, expectations are high. But what I'm really doing is, is I'm, I'm setting the bar for my guest uh, to where you're just going to leap over it with flying covers. I'm, I'm certain of that.
2: Um, also, I uh, have a question. I just went to uh, yeah. s- uh, patreon.com slash radio and I'm seeing you must be 18 plus to view this content. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that's this per- a- because we have swears on it. Oh, uh, uh, I was
2: about to say like, whoa, is this like a hardcore video game slash hardcore pornography podcast? Yeah, what did I walk know, into?
0: <laughs> we've, we've considered uh, dabbling. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's probably, I think, because of the because we actually like have swears on our episode. <laughs> Me calling them swears sounds so <laughs> 1960s. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, it's like uh, whenever you say the word, there's like an implied whisper of like,
0: we have swears. (laughs) Yeah. Don't tell anyone, but we do that. Yeah. It's uh, a, it's almost, it's, I think all video game content. So we've got my show. We've got, uh, that's my show. We've got video games, a comedy show, which Jeremy Schmidt, who's a former mod writer. I'm not sure if you know his name, he hosts and then, uh, a few other shows as well, but yeah, the swears will get you that 18 plus warning on there.
2: And I just want to say, if this was also a hardcore pornography podcast, that's great. Sex workers are great. They should be celebrated. Uh, Fuck OnlyFans. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Fuck OnlyFans. But I think
0: that they did the right thing. So, like, I don't know. OnlyFans is cool now, I guess. Yeah. You know what it felt like to me when that happened was how, I think it was earlier this year, Microsoft came out and was like, we're taking away or, like, doubling the price For Xbox Live and Xbox Game Pass or something and everyone freaked out and then they completely walked it back. It almost seemed like a, just like, let's drum up some press for us and get (laughs) the attention back on. That's like exactly how it felt. Um, but but glad to hear you're you're in support of, of sex workers. It's one of those things, it's probably like just you probably anyone would like look at or meet me and not expect that. So that's probably why that would be surprising. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, a part of my regret. content. But I guess you never know. Um, Joey, uh, I the reason I asked you on the show is because I've I feel like you're well, you're definitely someone I follow on Twitter, that is for sure. And I've definitely seen you occasionally tweet about video games, but recently you posted something about how you had a little free time. So you're going on uh like a, a tour. Well, like what were you how did you phrase it? It was like a podcast tour or just
2: like a oh, right. cliff tour. Yeah, this is uh, oh, man, I can't wait to promote this. This is uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody should know this is a part of the Joey Clift has some free time. So he's spending <laughs> a guesting on podcast summer 2021 tour. You can follow that on Twitter at hashtag jchsftshsigops 2021 <laughs> is that, um, Can you actually follow that? uh yeah no that's a real hashtag (laughs) that's incredible (laughs) um yeah basically like this came about because i like i like guesting on podcasts but over the past year i've uh you know fortunately been busy with a lot of different things so i haven't been able to like really guest on as many podcasts Mm -hmm. as i'd like and i um just finished a gig in late june and had basically like a month or so off Mm -hmm. and so i was like oh like i've got a lot of you know like you know, Twitter DM requests and random friends who asked me to be on the podcast and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I should just say yes to all of these and try to record all of them in like a month. And then after, like, as I was getting ready to do the first one, I was like, oh, that'd be really funny to package this as like a tour. Because it's like, you know, people like bands will go on tours to different cities. And I was like, oh, that'd be funny to make a podcast tour. (laughs) Uh, and then like, you know, from there the, you know, that we're all improv nerds, but the, if this is true, what else is true of that is like, okay, so if this is a tour, I should probably have a poster. Yes. So I got Brian McGovern to make a really cool podcast poster or a podcast tour poster. I'm thinking about getting t-shirts made and I might oh gosh. Uh, pay to get, to get a billboard on Hollywood promoting this. <laughs> um, That's like I'm, incredible. I'm thinking about it, but like, what's funny to me about that is that like, I want all the podcasts that I was on to be listed on the yes. post on the billboard as like tour stops, <laughs> yes. but I'm booking it kind of as I go. So it's like I would have to promote it after the tour. Yeah. So I'm basically like promoting a concert tour, but after the fact.
0: Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, I love that idea. And I'm so glad you did it. Did you get, I mean, because I reached out to you, I was like, what the heck? He's throwing it out there. Like, I may as well hit him up. Um, was that something that you, uh, just started receiving a flood of invitations of stuff too? Or was it yeah, more quiet I, I would, than I'm expecting? I would say by, you know, by a flood, I mean,
2: like, I think I probably had like 15, 16 requests wow. from people that were just like, kind of like sitting in my DMs for a while. Okay. And then probably when I started like publicizing the tour, I probably got another like six or seven people that like nice. reached out. So I, th- I think that in the end, the tour will probably be like, you know, 12 to 15 podcasts, which like that feels right. That feels like enough stops for a tour, right? That seems like you have just found yourself in the perfect spot for it. Absolutely. Um, But I'm I'm also like, just because it's fun to me to expand the bit, I'm counting like other stuff as part of the tour. Like I got asked to speak on a bunch of panels at a Star Trek convention in July. And I was just like, uh, yeah, sure. That's a tour stop too. Why not? <laughs> it's like, I it wasn't recorded. It's just at a, it's just panels at a Star Trek convention, but it's just funny to me to be like, that's right. It's in person too.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it adds a little variety to, to the yeah. tour. Um,
2: yeah. So it's like, I guess what I'm saying is, is that like, if you're one of my friends and you're listening to this and we hang out in the next month, I'm probably going to count it as a tour stop.
0: <laughs> that's incredible. Gosh. Well, I'm so glad that you did post that because it gave me the chance to. Uh, bug you and get you on the show Um, but let's I would like the listeners to know a little bit about you if you'd like to share I mean I know you because I had seen a show of yours at UCB before and probably other random maybe even clubhouse stuff that we were talking about earlier um, because you come from the comedy scene here but you're also a writer what do you want the people to know about you
2: uh, yeah. So I guess that the um, easiest way to describe me is that I'm a comedian slash TV writer. I um, have written on shows like uh, Spirit Rangers on Netflix, which is coming out pretty soon. Um, mm. uh, like a lot of stuff for like Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, a lot of stuff kind of in the kid space. Um, you know, I came up through the UCB scene. Um, that's kind of, you know, how you and I are familiar with each other. Yeah. Um, And uh, other than that, you know, I'm just a member of the Calitonian tribe, Native American, and that's a thing I'm always excited to talk about and rep. And then and part of that is my tribe has a casino just north of Portland. So if you live in Portland, you should go gamble at my tribe's casino. Um, It's called Alana. It's really good. Our and Portland then, uh,
0: listeners are just chomping at the bit now.
2: Oh, uh, it's really good. There's, like, a Michael Jordan steakhouse, a steakhouse <laughs> owned by the basketball player. And it That's is incredible. A, and it is a high-priced steakhouse. Like, a cheap steak there is 50 bucks, and it's very good and very worth it. So you should eat at this nice steakhouse owned by a basketball player. Wow. Um, and uh, then the way that you and I know each other, the way that the show that you went to is I'm a really big cat enthusiast. I like yes. cats a lot. I um The show you went to is a talk show I hosted where I interviewed celebrities about their cats. And, um, yeah, I I like cats. They're a thing I like and talk about. Um, I I love that. And then um,
0: other than that, the reason I'm here is I'm a gamer. I love video games. Just so many great things. Thank you for sharing all that. Uh, Important question for you, though. Um, How many cats do you have? And would you like to name them?
2: um so i actually don't have any cats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just love cats
2: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's the thing where like my my roommate isn't a cat person and i don't want to like force cats upon him yeah, definitely and um, and then pre-pandemic it was sort of like you know just being a member of the comedy scene you know and being just like uh, you know a, a writer in hollywood or whatever it's sort of like my schedule is really inconsistent and i didn't want to like oh yeah have a, have one cat that i like left at home for 18 hours because i'm really busy with shows and stuff like that yeah and then you know the solution to that is to get two cats but it's like oh if i have a roommate that's not a cat person i don't want to like force two cats and <laughs> we're gonna like double cats. that on them <laughs> um so honestly like the cat show for me like a big reason i started doing it is like oh this is a way that i can kind of experience cat ownership by
0: proxy yeah it's almost at like being a an uncle or an aunt to someone where you get a lot of that fun, but you don't have to do the actual parenting of it.
2: Yeah. Um, and it is, it is wild that it is kind of worked in that, like people in the LA comedy scene, like now that they know, now that like the news is out that I love cats, yes. will like, it, like pre-pandemic invite me over to play with their cats during the pandemic. Oh. If they're leaving town, they'll like, ask me to cat sit and stuff. So I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm winning out on this con.
0: I think you really are. Um, my my cat Daphne was really excited that you were coming on the show tonight. So just know you got a big fan named Daphne out there. Hell yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing about yourself. Uh, before we actually get into your just general history with video games, maybe some highlights from you. Um, would you mind introducing the game we're going to talk about for the main event later? Um,
2: so the game that we're going to talk about is SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs for the PlayStation 2.
0: There we go. There's uh, there's like 10 games in the series. So I did, I of course messaged you before because sometimes the game is obvious when someone messages me and I'm like, oh, I know what exactly what one that is. But then when I was like, oh, they all have almost the same name. I'm going to double yeah. check.
2: And they're all really just as generic as the name would tell you that they are.
0: Yes. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear from you about uh, whatever you feel like sharing about that game later. But let's get into your history with video games. Uh where I usually like to start um, if if you know you can remember this, is do you remember when you took like an interest in video games for the first time at all? So
2: I it's tough for me to point at a specific moment that is like the moment that I, you know, knew video games was going to be a major part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like Growing up, like my grandma had an Atari, like I think a lot of you know people of my generation did. Um, cool. So whenever I would go to her house, we would play Atari. Um, my, I think that at some point, I'm not sure of the exact order on this, but um, like I got a Nintendo at some point. Like I think I just got it for Christmas or something like nice. that for my mom and dad. And um, like you know, I think that it's just you know something that I really enjoyed a ton growing up. I'm also just like. You know, like, growing up, uh, like, I'm, you know, kind of dorky. Uh, you know, I'm not the cool person that you think on the podcast. I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of kind of dorky. So I grew up, like, um, you know, uh, being just, you know, sort of like a weirdo shut in that, you know, like, kind of like mm-hmm. kept myself and read books and played video games and stuff like that. Sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that, like, video games just sort of became, like. The thing that my siblings and I kind of related to each other on and the thing that just my parents and like, you know, relatives knew that I loved and it kind of became like, I would say a good center point of like a lot of my friendships kind of in like elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school and stuff like that. And that like, you know, like uh, the cul-de-sac that I grew up in, like all of my friends that lived in the cul-de-sac, we we would go over each other's houses and we'd play Street Fighter or, you know, Doom or whatever. Um, you know, like, uh, going to like a blockbuster or whatever to rent, um, a video game was like an easy thing for my parents to do on like a Saturday morning to keep us occupied for the weekend. (laughs) So, you know, I think it was just like a good way to like, for my parents to like satiate our attention. And, um, yeah, you know, so I think that like, especially somebody that kind of grew up in my era of like regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, you know, into, you know, PlayStation, PlayStation 2 and stuff like that is like, it just kind of became like the thing I would relate to people
0: in my world and friends and stuff like that on, um, wow. yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I like, like I said, I, I'm pretty positive. I had seen the occasional video game tweet, but, uh, hearing you say that I'm like, oh, well then I'm so glad you're on the show. This is a perfect show for you to be yeah. on. Cause I love diving into stuff like that. Um, Okay, that is that's really interesting. Do you have, aside from, I mean, and again, no idea what your relationship is to the game we're going to discuss today, but as far as other games go, do you have a few like highlights or like uh, a handful that you have really uh, fond memories of?
2: Uh, yeah. So I would say that for me, probably. Um, I mean, I have a lot of games that I have like fond memories of. You know, definitely like. Yeah, the first Halo and Halo 2 and stuff like that were like touchstone moments of like carting an Xbox in a milk crate over to a friend's house who has two yes. TVs, you know. Um,
0: Pre-milk crate challenge, of course. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, like, uh, yeah, not as many broken bones as the milk crate challenge. No. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like games like Smash Brothers, um, you know, a lot of the early Nintendo 64 games, like, uh, oh, yeah. like, you know, Super Mario 64, Mario Kart and stuff like that. I would say that for me... Uh, all timers um all timers growing up and all timers currently would be like final fantasy 6 known as oh. final fantasy 3 in the states like i was like a big jrpg person growing awesome. up awesome so like all the kind of super nintendo final fantasies i was very into like i feel like i might have owned final fantasy 6 like 10 different times in my life in various formats like oh, wow. super nintendo the playstation anthology version on the game boy advance like you know various other versions of it um you know secret of mana for me was like huge and that was also kind of in that square soft like 90s thing and then i think um like into my adult life it would be like i really dug the fallout series fallout one and two you know like this is like fallout three was pretty good i'm not as into like the 3d fallouts but i just love the lore of the first two fallouts so much yeah and then now kind of like into my adult life like just because I don't have as much time to like game it up as I used to just cause I'm, you know, like a writer, like comedy takes up so much of our time. Totally. You know? Um, like I really love indie games. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, indie games that you can buy on steam that are like, you know, maybe like five, six, seven, eight hours long. Um, a lot of the recent highlights for that would be like, uh, darkest dungeon Lisa, the painful, um, Like, uh, let's see what I'm trying to think of, like, what are super recent things that I've played? Uh, It's not an indie game, but like Mother 3, like the third Earthbound game. I really loved the first Earthbound. I finally, I played through most of Mother 3 on an emulator, the translated version in like the late 2000s. But um, for the longest time, I had wanted to just play it on a Game Boy Advance. Yes. But I didn't have one. So I bought like a, um, like a hacked translated version of mother three a cartridge of it and a nintendo ds finally like two weeks ago so i'm diving into that um that's incredible um so yeah i would say that like nowadays it's the sort of thing where it's like i probably dedicate maybe a few weekends a year to like really diving in on games Mm -hmm. and then like maybe in december when like kind of the industry shuts down i'll give like myself a week to just
0: like play video games for like 16 hours a day or something like that Oh, that sounds like uh, absolute paradise to me. That's, oh yeah, it's great. Those are the best, like some of my most fond memories. Just in life in general, I think are yeah those times where you can just sink into a game you really like. Um, my goodness, uh, you named so many really fun ones. Uh, do you happen to have as a Final Fantasy three slash six enthusiast? That's a game that I played up to the World of Ruin this year. Got it. Um, and then I I. I was just like, you know what? I really liked it just having me on a track. I'm going to come back to this, but I got sidetracked. Do you have a favorite character or like a party member from that game? It might be hard to choose.
2: Yeah, I would say it on, this is going to sound very dumb, but I think it's changed with age.
0: (laughs) That sounds very normal.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I think that, Early on, I really loved the character of Seals, who is yes. um, C-E-L-E-S, who's like, basically, she's like a former soldier for um kind of the main, you know, emperor. Um, yes. Who, you know, kind of, uh you know, she's like experimented on to give her magic powers and stuff like that. And she just has like kind of a change of heart. And to me, I feel like she's kind of central to the game's narrative in a way that I think is really interesting. Because the game is like, it, it's um very much an ensemble cast it's not mm-hmm. like the later final fantasies where it's like really cloud story or really you know uh really um like or story Una. or whatever yeah yeah like this is it's very much an ensemble cast where like you loosely follow different characters And there are like so many just good like you know like uh the storytelling on like the sabin and edgar yeah. brother storyline is like genuinely like just uh, an engrossing story. Um, like Locke as a character is so cool. Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, what what's his name? The um the like the samurai guy. Cyan. Cyan, like yeah. his deal with like his entire town getting poisoned and he's oh, like the gosh, only survivor. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you get why that guy hates Kafka. And like Kafka is <laughs> a character. There's like so much going on with him. Like it's just it's just like such a and like it's so crazy with Final Fantasy VI in that. I think that that game was created in, like, a year, which is, like, a fast turnaround for an, an RPG like that. Um, and, like, the soundtrack to it is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, and then, like, you know, Chrono Trigger, of course, and, like, a lot of oh, other yeah. kind of... Yeah, Yeah. it's, like, kind of that, that generation of RPGs is very much, like, my shit.
0: Just a such TV. a golden time for that genre. And as someone who wasn't playing... In fact, I didn't even have... Uh, get a super nintendo until uh, i think december 2019 i got one off ebay finally but i had dabbled in roms and it wasn't until years later after they actually came out that i played them and for me i mean yeah i'm just very aware of and and uh, and have a deep admiration for that era like earthbound has become one of my yeah. all timers and chrono trigger and having not even finished it final fantasy 6 so yeah it's such an awesome time my I have a good friend who actually came on to talk about that game uh, earlier this year, and he listens to, I think, like every episode. So he's going to love hearing you (laughs) gush about that game. Um, You should play, uh, I've
2: shouted this out on a couple podcasts, but you should Mm. really play Lisa the Painful. It's like, it's a Steam RPG that's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Earthbound, but for adults. And I don't mean from adults in that, like, it's edgy. I mean, like, for adults in that, like, it's just telling a very complex story in a way that's really interesting and cool. And it kind of like, and it's also funny. there's also a ton of of jokes and good bits and stuff like that. Um, Like, I think that that's something that like I play video games now less for like the Twitch aspect for Mm -hmm. of it. And more Twitch meaning just like, oh, it's like a first person shooter. And you're like, you know, just quick, the, reflexes. Yeah, quick reflexes, quick yeah. reflexes. I play it more for just like, to me, it's like the equivalent of like cracking open a book, you know, and yeah. then it's like, oh, I'm doing it for like the emotional attachment and like kind of the roller coaster of it more than, oh, I like killed a bunch of zombies or whatever, yes. you know, not that yeah. zombie killing games aren't fun, but, you know.
0: Yeah, we're just, you know, you're in a different phase of your life now. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Uh, can you remind me of the game again? It's uh, called Lisa the Painful. Okay, gotcha. L- like Lisa as in like a lease on a
2: car? L- Lisa, L-I-S-A. Oh, Lisa, like, like uh, Lisa yeah. Simpson. Okay, Yeah, cool. yeah, like
0: Lisa Simpson, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it is a, one of the simpsons focus games. Uh, yes, I it's, will... a, it's a very dark post-apocalyptic story about Lisa Simpson, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, sign me up. Uh, I'll have to check that out. That's, that's really interesting and cool. Do you, um, I know, I think you probably mentioned... I think you earlier already did mention some more recent games for you. Um, Anything you feel like sharing about Mother 3 since that's been more of a recent game that you've dove into? Um, So I guess that like I can only really speak
2: broadly on it in that I put a ton of time into an emulated version of it in the um, 2000s, kind of shortly after it came out and the story is like just heart-wrenching <laughs> i've heard uh, yeah. it's like yeah i don't want to like i don't want to like spoil anything for listeners but it's like it's uh i'm fairly early into this playthrough i'm kind of waiting on i'm um like one of the reasons i bought a nintendo ds is it's like oh that's just an easy thing to take on planes and like yeah. i'm kind of getting invited to do a lot of like mm. out-of-state shows and things so i'm like oh that's like a that's a good thing to do if I'm like on a plane for six hours, you know. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, can I ask you really quick, if you don't mind me interrupting, what kind of DS you got? Uh, let me uh, pull it out real quick. Oh, please!
2: I'm. This is a dream come true. Um, so I think it's just a normal one, but it's like Ooh, it's a yeah. red DS. And to show you like how mu- how clearly, I just bought this to play Mother 3. Is I got uh, the reason it's red is Mother yes. 3 is red. <laughs> so my DS matches my Mother 3 cartridge. So I love uh, it. I'll I'm, I'll probably buy more game boy Advance, uh ds games just because like i feel like that's a generation that i kind of missed out on a little bit yeah like like I, I did this is my first time owning a ds and like i know that there are so many amazing ds games that yeah. i just didn't play you know
0: yeah they and in the ds specifically that's a really difficult system to emulate the experience of playing for a lot of obvious reasons i mean the dual screen mode which i mean i get you can do that emulate that part but the touch screen of it holding it in your hand the some of the times where you could tilt the console and that would do things um, yeah but the Game Boy Advance too is such an incredible console I just wish it was more like Nintendo or whoever made their old libraries more easily available that would be yeah, really totally. great um, cool well Joey thank you so much for sharing about uh, your uh, some of your general history in video games that's always like one of my as much as I love hearing about the, ga- the games we focus on it's always really interesting to hear from people so thank you um, before we talk about uh, SOCOM uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, so Joey I'll see you on the other side whoa are we getting sucked into a pit or something yeah be careful
1: whoa! Hello, my name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then, Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games a Comedy Show anywhere podcast. Can't be found. Whoa!
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Cool, we're back. We're out of the pit. Thank you. Oh, and why? I don't know why I make people do that every episode. It's <laughs> yeah, the first it's, time we've actually revealed it to the listener. But it's uh, it's, it's terrifying. It's very scary. There is uh, no part of it that's enjoyable. No. It
2: felt um, like it felt like my spine was getting ripped out through my eye socket. <laughs> yes.
0: I oh, I was looking for the words to describe it, and you just nailed it for me. Um. Well, you obviously have. The agency and the choice to leave at any time, but I, I hope you stick around. We're, of course, here to talk about SOCOM, US Navy SEALs, and anything that you might have to say about your relationship with it. Uh, like I told you before the show, I'm going to dive into a little history and context for the listener, Um just some basic, brief, vanilla stuff about the game, and then we'll get into it. And of course, I mean, I think, that,
2: I think that everything about this game is vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that there's no, any non-vanilla stuff about this game. Yeah,
0: I'm not really taking it from a different, from a more complex and interesting flavor to vanilla. That's just maybe what it is. Right, great, right. right. Um, but yeah, again, feel free to jump in if you'd like to. Um, but here I go. SOCOM, US Navy SEALs, is a tactical shooter video game developed by Zipper Interactive and published by Sony Computer Entertainment exclusively for the PS2, I had no, I'd never even heard of Zipper Interactive. Uh, sounds like a fun company, not one that I would have expected to. Uh, they make closed this game. in 2012. <laughs> wow, okay. I just went
2: to their went to their website, and it's just like defunct.
0: 2012. Oh, 2012. Dang, it. I, it sounds like something that would have made like children's games or something more colorful than this. But anyway, um, this game was one of the earliest titles for the PlayStation 2's online service in North America. And in the game, the player leads a four-man team with three artificially intelligent uh, controlled teammates of U.S. Navy SEALs through 12 missions in four regions, Alaska, Thailand, Congo, and Turkmenistan in the then future of 2006 and 2007. Uh, In the single-player missions, commands can be spoken using the included USB headset or via an on-screen menu. Uh, Typical missions consist of killing terrorists, rescuing hostages, retrieving intelligence, and destroying terrorist bases, which is exactly what I would expect a game from 2002 to describe a sort of military war tactics game. Uh, It checks out for me.
2: Yeah, um, just to to pepper that in a little bit. um, Yeah, this came out in 2002, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's based in the uh, far distant future of 2006, 2007. Yeah. <laughs> so George Bush is still president. Uh, uh, iPhone's not yet invented yet. It's nope, just really, yeah. really just a roaring time. The future is great.
0: <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Uh, I was even just thinking about those years. I was, I was like, oh my goodness though. That is in the blink of an eye going to be 20 years ago. And that's yeah, frightening, uh, on so many levels. Uh, goodness. Um, anyway the game received generally positive reviews according to Metacritic and GameSpot named it <laughs> this is such a specific award the best PS2 game of August 2002 <laughs> and, <laughs> and it what won. else
2: what else came out in August 2002 that's my question I,
0: I know uh, and and it's specifically on the PlayStation 2 uh I would if you find anything um please let me know it, it I mean, of course, I haven't played the game, but it seems like it may have been a quiet month. Who knows? Um, while you're looking for that, it also won GameSpot's annual best online game on the PS2 award. Must have been the first year that they had that. And it kicked off the SOCOM franchise, in which had 10 games in total, the last being SOCOM 4 released in 2011, which makes sense that Zipper closed the next year. Um, um, any okay. word on that?
2: Uh, yeah, so actually I'm looking at the PS2 uh august 2002 releases um it's competing against uh nfl 2k3 okay matt hoffman's pro bmx2 oh wow uh the let's see uh toka race driver which i remember actually being a pretty cool race game twisted metal black online actually that's twisted metal black online that's like good competition that was a good game uh rock Evolution. Um so it's like I would say that this was a oh and the Blade Two game, the Blade Two movie. Oh never mind, that came out September 2nd. Um But so it's like it wasn't it's not an insanely competitive month, but like there's like it's it is high praise for it to beat out like Twisted Metal Black, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean Matt Hoffman's pro BMX, too. It must
2: have yeah, been yeah, just yeah. a slammer. Must have been, yeah, twice as good as the uh, as BMX 1, I'm sure. That's how sequels work, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, which is why I'm sure Tony Hawk 5 was the best of all of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. that's, you know, that's it for the general history and context. Uh, did you have anything you really wanted to share about that that you didn't get to? Um, no, I
2: guess do you want to just talk about kind of my my general... Experiences with the game now, or yeah, let's get into
0: it. Um, actually, we, maybe you, we
2: should do a better transition than
0: that. Hey, you're all good. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll help yeah. us out with that. Um, uh. now that we wrapped up the history and context, let's get into your relationship with this game. Um, and sort of like we did with the general history and context, I'd love to know how you even came in contact with this or ended up playing it in the first place. So, um, my relationship with SOCOM US Navy SEALs, I think,
2: is a really interesting um point in my not just like love of video games but also just like my life trajectory okay. um i mentioned that i was like a huge gamer up until um like i was a huge gamer up until kind of that point in that like you know i was kind of like a dork that played video games mm-hmm. i probably you know like like i said i probably beat final fantasy 6 like 10 times or whatever which is a <laughs> hundred hour which is a hundred hour have. game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know so uh and this, this time t- kind of times out, this is gonna like age me a little bit, but this the, the release of SOCOM US Navy SEALs times out very closely to me graduating high school. Okay. And um, I was such a big gamer that like, I thought I was gonna be a video game programmer until I was like probably around 12, 13 or so. And then I took like a programming class in middle school and realized that I'm not good at it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this sucks. Um. But video games still like rang really strongly in my life. And I'm somebody that like, it took me a while to really grasp on like the thing that I wanted to do with my life in high school. Yeah. I liked comedy. I liked entertaining people, but I didn't necessarily know what that meant for me as a career. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, like I, upon graduating high school, didn't have like college prospects. Mm -hmm. I was pretty sure that I was probably going to go to college just by virtue of all my other friends were doing it. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the time I was basically just like working part time at a pizza hut, um, working like, you know, 10 hours a week or something like that, (laughs) living with my mom and, you know, essentially playing video games constantly because like, Oh, I didn't have high school. I didn't necessarily have any like college plans on the horizon. So I didn't have like anything in life that I was really preparing for. Yeah. And, um, so i got so i had a playstation 2 i got socom i think entirely just based on good reviews and like psm magazine and stuff like that sure um and i um was friendly with a lot of people at you know kind of a local video game store um, in marysville washington uh kind of near where i grew up cool. and um yeah like it, it's something that had just been like well reviewed and i also like growing up Was primarily a console gamer, and I had a lot of friends who were PC gamers. So, you know, Mm. like Counter Strike was insanely popular at the time, and really like rang heavily as like, oh, I wish I could like play Counter Strike with my friends, but I don't have like a good enough PC to do that. So, um, I got SoCOM kind of with those emotions swirling around of like, you know, this is like a fun online shooter that kind of feels like sort of a Counter Strike knockoff. It's also like well reviewed, and it's just like I love video games, so I guess I'll play this video game. And when I got it, I, like, dove in. I played it for probably 16 to 18 hours a day. Dang. For probably, like, like, this came out in, you know, early August. So probably from, like, the day that it came out for, like, probably, like, I would say a month or two, I played it pretty much constantly. Yeah. And um, I remember, like, it's, I, th- I think that it's sort of the feeling of, like, you know, if you're a kid and you eat sugar and then, or you you love sugar because you're a kid and then you, you know, eat 50 Butterfinger bars and you're like, I'm not sure if I like sugar anymore. Yes. (laughs) So I like, you know, (laughs) dove into this game, played it a ton. And then I just kind of realized like, and started to think like, oh, why am I playing this? It's, you know, it's a game that I enjoyed. I had fun doing, but like I said, it's like, I was playing it pretty much from, like, you know, beyond sunup to sundown every day. Um Like, I, so I gave, like, myself, like, little goals where I was like, oh, I wonder if I could get into, like, the top 1,000 players. Yeah. And, you know, this game sold, you know, however many million copies. So it's, like, I think 2 million copies or whatever. So, like, the top 1,000, that's, like, not a bad spot to be in. Um yeah. I accomplished that within a few weeks. Um, Dang. And then, like, I think I just... Like, I played it so much, and once I hit that milestone, I, like, leaned back in the beanbag chair I was sitting in and just thought, yeah, but, like, why? <laughs> yes. And, you know, I think that it's not that I stopped playing video games after that, but I think that realizing that, like, dedicating so much of my time to that wasn't, like, a fulfilling thing for me. yeah. So that was like a big um, push for me to um, enroll in college and like kind of pursue that kind of stuff. So um, I I sort of missed the enrollment period um, for like that year for my kind of local community college and I got financial aid and stuff like that. So I was kind of I had to like wait for that to kind of start around again. But I think that like that, you know, like getting into the top 1000 in SOCOM and Realizing that it didn't fill me with, like, orgasmic life (laughs) fulfillment. Yes. (laughs) Like, definitely just, like, started the wheels churning of, like, okay, I can't do this forever. Yeah. And that, you know, set into motion me applying for different colleges, like, you know, trying to figure out, like, what I wanted to do in life other than that. And, you know, like I said, it's not that I stopped playing video games. Like, I got Socom 2 when it came out the next year and kind of had the same goal of, like, my goal is to get to the top 1,000, and then once yeah. I did that, I stopped playing, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> I um, There are a lot of other, like, weird PS2 online games that I got really into. Um, the Resident Evil Outbreak series, which was basically, like, Resident Evil, the Resident Evil online games that, like, weren't very good, but it was, like, Zombies Online, kind of pre-Left for Dead and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but, like, I think that like socom for me was like the the game that turned me from oh my life is video games to oh that should be like a side thing i do for fun and something else should be my passion like entertainment and then that kind of you know like, like i said that stuff has slowly replaced kind of the time that i put into video games in my life so you know though i don't spend 18 hours a day playing video games anymore I probably spend, you know, like a good chunk of everyday writing and doing comedy and doing bits and doing things. Um, And, you know, video games for me are like a fun treat on the occasional weekend or, you know, like giving myself, like I said, like a week during December where I just like fully indulge. But knowing that that's a temporary thing and not what my whole life will be, you know.
0: Absolutely. That's a, that's such an interesting story And it. I mean, you, you really already sort of spelled it out for, for us, which is that it's not that you didn't like it, but you sort of reached a, uh, maybe what I, you could even describe as like a peak at that game and, and gaming sort of in general. And you maybe didn't have the feeling that I don't even know if you would even say that you were expecting to feel a certain way if like you reached a certain height at this game, but that's so interesting that it, you know, spurred you on to like look, not necessarily inward, but like look at yourself and be like, what do I want to do? Sort of thing. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I would say that it was, it was like an introspective thing. And like, I, like I have a lot of good memories from playing SOCOM. It's like, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, you get this way or any of the listeners get this way, but it's like, I have like moments of playing video games, kind of like burned into my psyche, where it's like, oh, I I can like picture the room I was in when yes. um, I got to the end of Metal Gear Solid Three: Snake Eater, and like had to decide <laughs> if I was gonna like shoot the uh, the boss or not. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the first time that I booted up Fallout Two, um, I also got uh, Kid A by Radiohead. So it's like whenever I hear everything in um in its right place. I, like, can picture myself playing Fallout 2 in my parents' living room, you know? Yeah. Um, and with SOCOM, it's, like, I there are so many moments of, like, you know, uh, being the last surviving member of my team and single-handedly taking out the entire other team through just, like, sneaking and, like, stealth and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, moments of just, like, uh, like, there is a moment where I was, like, going through a hallway in the game, and there were three people on the opposing team, and I like rounded a corner and saw them. And the game is really similar to Counter-Strike in Mm -hmm. that like, your aim isn't great. Uh, You know, one bullet in the right spot can kill you. And um, I had my gun set to burst fire, which is like every time you press the trigger, three bullets shoot out. Uh And I like was running and just like burst fired at these three guys, like just as a like, they're probably gonna get me because there's three of them. And like, I just have like this rifle. And like, no joke, the three bolts from the burst fire hit all three of them in the head and all three of them hit the death animation <laughs> at the exact same time. And I was just like, oh, holy shit. Like, like the like, odds I'm, of that happening like, seem like impossible. I am, I am in the top one. I, maybe I should be in the top 10, <laughs> you know? Like uh, I've earned my place here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, those are just moments that like I, my hands sweat even recalling these like just visceral yeah. game victories, you know? And, um, yeah, it's, uh, so it's like, it, it is just this weird thing. I mean, I don't know, I guess like, have you experienced that with the video games at all where you're like, this is a moment where you realize, oh, video games are cool. But like, I also like doing improv or comedy or I have other interests beyond this
0: thing. I think absolutely for, for sure. It's, it's strange being in sort of a, an extended renaissance video game, uh, like, or a video game renaissance for myself having been uh, really back into it for a few years now, but they're even every so often now playing games. And I think if it weren't for the shows that I do, it would be more extreme where I would fall off. I still have moments where it's a reminder that I'm like, Oh, I actually would like to be doing other things. I do have passions elsewhere. I have hopes and dreams and aspirations. So I can relate to that for sure. Um,
2: I, I feel like to me it's sort of the and this is something that like I'll still ask myself like if I'm sinking so much time into a video game that's why like I have to like especially if it's like a massive game or, or like an MMO or like an online game or something like that like those are designed to make you want to play forever so for yes. me like I have to kind of like give myself a goal and, oh, yeah. um, and then it's like once I hit that it's sort of like okay the I the game is beaten for me, you know, like I, I, I accomplished, you know, my goal was to get to level a hundred in world of Warcraft or whatever. Yeah, I did it. I don't have to play it anymore. I'm free. Like, you know, absolutely. Um, and you know, I think that that's why, like I said, now kind of in, as I'm getting older, I'm more interested in like, you know, games with narrative arcs that are like a a four hour very well curated experience because it's shorter, but it's also like it's not just like oh I'm getting better at pressing the L button or whatever you know
0: yes it sounds like yeah I mean I'm sure just due to the fact that you have less time available for leisure I would expect being as busy as you are it's nice to have consumable chunks of games like that um but would you also say that maybe it has to do with you know you are a writer and you write for TV you love like I would assume you love. Like narrative stuff like that. Is that why do you think that might also appeal to you, those sorts of types of games?
2: I mean, I think that
0: I'm just somebody that loves experiencing
2: things that I haven't experienced. Yeah. So like, um, and that's something that I really love about kind of the indie game renaissance is like, do you know what Papers, Please is? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. What's so the, it's like, what's the
0: director of that game's name? Uh, uh, I forget.
2: I forget his name, but um, yeah, they, they just released Obra Dinn, which is a, yes. A, the, yeah. Yeah. Which I actually, I didn't dig Oberdin quite as much, but, um, but I like, I, I appreciate what they, what he does as a developer creator, mm-hmm. but papers, please is like a game where the game is uh, you work at the, you work at the border of a vaguely titled Eastern European, a country under soviet rule and your job is that you check passports to see if they're counterfeits or not yes (laughs) and it's like that's the game like the game is somebody gives you a passport and you have to like look through your info book and say like oh their like logo is tilted a little bit so that means Mm -hmm. this is a fake passport and um it's like oh that's never something i'm going to experience in my life but like through papers please i can experience this weird thing
0: you know yeah that I, gosh, you reminding me about that reminds me how much I'd like to play it. It seems like that would be such an interesting game to play. I mean, obviously it's a game, but I feel like from what I've heard, it seems like it's something that really, uh, it presents you with enough of like a moral quandary uh, throughout that you're like, I don't know how to make the right, like what choice I should make here.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. And there are definitely like moments like that in the game where it's sort of like, okay, this person has a clearly counterfeit passport, but it also seems like, they would re- really be good for them to not be in the country that they're trying to leave, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess that like that's... Like to me, that's just more fulfilling as an experience than killing 500,000 people in SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs yes. as opposed to 200,000 people in SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, it's like... Yeah, like, and I, I think it might have been different if I got really into, like, you know, kind of clans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that, like, just kind of felt like that was, like, too deep for me. But, um, yeah, so, like, there was never necessarily the, like, oh, I'm doing this because all of my friends also play SOCOM or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it is a, so, like, b- because the social aspect is not necessarily there for online gaming with me, like, it's sort of like, oh, the narrative aspect has to be the draw, you know?
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, speaking of which, you talking about um, since you were saying you didn't, you weren't playing with friends as much online in SoCOM, were you just playing with like whoever was on, or did you have sort of a group? I would, I would play with kind of whoever was on, just sort of like random
2: in the lobby. Uh, and then I, I think I also, I think this, this is also maybe like a one, a statement of two thousand two internet culture, but also just like where my head's at is, it's like. Oh, I very quickly realized, oh, I'm not sure if I want to, like, listen to, like, 10-year-olds saying slurs for, like, (laughs) you know, it's like, I'm not sure if, like, hate speech from an 11-year-old is really something I want to listen to. So most of the time, I honestly just, like, had the headset unplugged and, like, sometimes it felt like I was, like, playing with the same person for, like, a game or two and it seemed like they didn't suck. I would, like, jump on the headset and we would, like, plan strategies and things.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting thing that I'm sure I don't play a lot of online games, let alone any that you can communicate with people uh vocally but that would be a really like interesting thing to navigate like well it's been long enough and they seem okay i guess we'll just give it a shot here
2: yeah or it's like oh it's like we've been on the same team for like three different games now and they seem like they seem like they know what they're doing they haven't tried to like team kill me or shoot me in the back or yeah. whatever and like i think that i think that there are definitely like weird micro friendships that I kind of formed in like those kind of times like especially like you know being a recent high school graduate when I was playing SOCOM there are definitely a few people that I talked to that are, that were like kind of in similar spots in their life and we just talked oh, about like oh yeah that's weird to be in a spot where it's like you don't necessarily know what you're going to do next so I guess playing SOCOM is the thing to do um, yeah and but there's also like I think that that is like I think that what it is with stuff like that, and this could be, like, a thing kind of in my maybe, like, whole life, is um, growing up being so focused on video games, I think I realized what I really craved more than just getting good at a video game was just, like, genuine human connection. Yeah. And so I think that, like, those were the moments that I enjoyed more than, like uh you know just killing a bunch of seals or whatever you know yes. Um and I think that that's something that I realized that like you know comedy and the creative process of making things with people you know whatever it is that we do in the entertainment industry like scratches the genuine human connection itch for me in a more real way than like I said uh playing video games with hateful nine-year-olds
0: you know <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that um, checks out. The hateful nine-year-olds probably make it hard to feel that like genuine human connection. That's great.
2: Yeah, like w- one of my favorite um, indie games um, of the past couple of years is called um, uh, I think it's called Kind Letters. Um, okay. And the premise of the game—let me double-check that. Kind letters, kind notes, or something like that. Um, and the premise of the game is. To actually, let me see. I literally wrote an op-ed about this last year, so I should know what this is. Um, <laughs> um, so the premise of the game is that um, you—it's an—it's a massively multiplayer online game okay. where um, you can uh, you receive letters from strangers, actual letters from real strangers on the internet, talking about what they're going through, and you. I think, can choose to respond to their letter hopefully in a way that's also kind Hmm. about their current predicament. Uh, It's called kind words. Um, Okay. And um, so like that to me is just so it's such a cool way to like and it's all anonymous. So it's you don't necessarily know whose letters you're getting. You know, it's um, putting personal details in the letters is like kind of discouraged. um, Yeah. And, um, all that you can do is like, you can read a letter, send out a letter or reply to a letter that you've read. And then if you, if somebody replies to your letter, all you can do is give them a sticker. You can't, it's not like a continuing conversation. Oh, sure. Um, and that's kind of like the one gamified part of it is like you complete your sticker book at some point. Oh, um, gotcha. But it's like, it's real stuff. It's like, I've had people, I, I've gotten letters from people in the game and it's like everybody playing the game gets all the same letters where it's like, you know, somebody who's like in their twenties, who's like, uh, you know, dealing with issues of like what to do next in their life or people that are like struggling with, um, you know, like transitioning and real things like that where they don't yeah. necessarily have people to talk to. And it's like, it feels good to offer people words of encouragement in you know strangers anonymous people on the internet just like words of encouragement on their lives and it's like oh you don't get like a score for doing that there's not like a leaderboard of the kindest letter writer (laughs) um but it's just like nice and it's like that that to me is more fulfilling like i said than like getting really good at like call of duty or whatever you know
0: definitely yeah that's and it's Interesting because that game, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's like an acknowledgement maybe of like what that person's going through. Like you said, you're not starting a conversation or building a relationship, but you're maybe just, yeah, acknowledging someone and sort of like seeing them and hopefully, yeah, sharing a little kindness back. Yeah. And it's like, that's,
2: that's just, I don't know, that's the thing that um, I, I think enjoy most about. Life, like, yeah, and you know, my interest in video games kind of like is a uh, an extension of that, you know.
0: Yeah, dang, Um it's I didn't know that we would get from talking about SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs yeah, all the way the to the most that.
2: the most generic shooter you could possibly imagine.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's it like, is one of those things where you know, I mean, like we've discussed, I don't, we don't really know each other, but like I have a sense of like a a very general sense of who at you at least present yourself to be on online and i was like oh i wouldn't have necessarily expected you to pick a game like this but i guess you know you just never know necessarily what it'll lead to or what it meant to you at the time and where where it sort of like not pushed you to but where you went from there it's really cool
2: yeah what i i think it is i think it's cool to i don't know like like i think it's interesting to look at like um ultimately as storytellers at a certain point you start to kind of like look at your own life as a narrative right mm-hmm. like um you can kind of tell like oh what are moments like what is your for you it's like i'm sure there's a there was a moment in your life where it's like oh comedy is the thing i want to do yeah um you know it could have been like you got your first laugh when you were you know 10 years old in class mm-hmm. saying a joke or whatever but it's like oh that's the thing that like changed your life trajectory and i think that like those socom is like a pretty you know it's like it was it i think that the generally positive reviews were accurate it's not yeah. incredible but it's genuinely a fine video game yeah but you know like for me it is interesting to like look at something like that is like oh that is i don't think that playing socom is the thing that changed my life trajectory but that was sort of like the vessel with which That those introspective conversations that started me like earnestly wanting to pursue something in my life other than playing video games kind of started while playing that game.
0: Yes, Uh, that's yeah, that's what I mean. This is one of the things that is most fun about the show is to hear those sorts of things. And especially when they are unexpected from people, that's that's so cool. I I do want to know a little bit about some of the details, especially since you said you seem like you have some specific memories. Can you tell me what the setup in this room was like? You've already mentioned a beanbag chair. Can you take me there at all? Because I'd love to be transported if you can.
2: Um, So it was the uh, second floor of, I guess you could call it like project housing. So definitely like, you know, lower income housing in uh, Marysville, Washington, Um, kind of like a duplex setup. Um, It was... uh, like sort of a game room that we had set up that was like basically a bunch of it was like kind of half a game room half like a bedroom kind of setup where it's like it's like where my brother and i's clothes were um like and also like where we stored just like a lot of our stuff Mm -hmm. We, we kind of like uh we like had like a it was like a small room, so it wasn't big enough to have like beds and stuff like that. yeah. um, so we had like another room that like, you know, was like kind of the more like this is where we sleep bedroom. yeah. and um like, so it had like clothing dressers and then like uh like basically like a you know, a like a, an early um LCD kind of television that was probably okay. like thirty inches or something like that. That was hooked up into with uh, multiple consoles. It was like a PS2, PS1, Nintendo 64. Nothing. There was um, milk crates in the corner containing, um, I would say, just like our general video game collection. So it had like a disassembled um, by disassembled. I mean, not hooked up. Like original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, stacks of milk crates of games that were like organized by um, kind of the thing they were. Probably like the uh, probably the um, crown jewel of it was a. Uh, Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo gold cartridge that I'd had a gold chain attached to that I uh, (laughs) was uh, too cowardly to ever wear outside, but that I had it, I made me smile. That's incredible. Um, And uh, yeah, and it's, uh, and like, so I think that, um, and my my dad's a carpenter, uh, professionally, he's like a carpenter, handyman kind of person. And um, I actually had him, he, like, he built the entertainment center that this TV and these video game systems were on. Oh, wow. And um, when I was moving to Los Angeles, I asked him to take that entertainment center and turn it into like, a, like basically like a chest, like a chest, like that you could kind of like lift up and put stuff in. Yeah. And um, now it's uh, sitting within three feet of me over here with a bunch of really nice Pendleton blankets on it. And No um, way. So it's like, it is cool to me that, and I guess that that's sort of like representative of my like love of video games and that it's like this entertainment center was like within my peripheral vision 16 hours a day 18 hours a day for (laughs) most of my you know first 20 years of my life or whatever and now it's still like constantly in my peripheral vision as a writer it's just like a chest that i use to store cool memories and things like that yeah um, as opposed to the thing that my tv sits on you know
0: yeah, that's that's really special. I'm so glad I asked about the room. That is like a very sweet detail. Um and what a cool thing that that was that he repurposed that for you. Uh that's awesome. Um well, it feels like we have gotten to cover so much about the, about, you know, where this game led us and what it meant to you in your life. Um I do have some fun end of the show segments I'd love to do, but is there anything you either didn't get to say um about you know you know maybe where this game kicked you off to or any memories or do you feel like sort of wrapping things up for us
2: um i would say okay so one is another memory of the game that's
0: like very insane to
2: me and i guess just like i don't know another just like insane luck memory is um there was a the game was set up in such a way where it was really easy to see the leaderboard the top 10 players for the day were listed in the top 10 players of all time were like listed on the leaderboard, and then you wow. could see like your number and where you are kind of in relation to other people. And my first time booting up the game, um, I legit looked at the name of the number one person on the leaderboard, it was like Illusion or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the first game that I played, and this the game was popular, there were probably 100,000 people playing it, 200,000 yeah. people playing it like this weekend. The first game that I played, I saw that Illusion was on the opposing team of me, like the number one guy in the game at the moment. Whoa! And my first time booting up the game, barely even knew the controls. And this is a guy that like had like very few, ki- very few deaths and a lot of kills. So he was like very, very good at it. Yeah. And I rounded the corner the first round turned and saw him as he was reloading his gun and blew him the fuck away
1: (laughs) (laughs) so it's like so it's like
2: and that for me was a like and i think that even like my friends that were watching me play it were just like wait was that the? and i was just like yeah it was (laughs) was that him yeah yeah yeah. and that's not a representative of me being as good as him this was a hundred percent me catching him with his pants down and yeah luckily knowing where the trigger button was but, but still, sort what an like,
0: exciting moment for you, especially at the time.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once again, this is something 2002. This is like about 20 years ago, and it's like there are memories from this game that are just still like viscerally stuck in my consciousness yes. of just like, like just like excite, just excite, exactly like you said, exciting moments. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, I guess that like to wrap this in a bow, I, I would say that like. Um, uh, Even the uh, keep on playing video games because even the blandest, most vanilla shooter could give you introspection and change in your life.
0: (laughs) Now that's advice that we all could use. Um, Well, thank you, uh, Joe, even though we've got some fun stuff to do. Thank you so much for sharing about your experience with that game and, you know, where it, where it led you. That's incredible. Um, The two segments that I have for you are coming right up. The first of which is the fact me by your game segment. And this is just a segment where I share uh, some fun facts, Easter egg secrets. Um, maybe who knows what with my guest about the game. This was a really difficult game to find any um, <laughs> interesting facts about besides some of the stuff we already talked about, that it's one of the first PS two online games that it had headset capabilities and, um, but one thing that i did find while researching this game and i'm guessing you might remember it having played so much of it was did you ever watch the documentary that came on the game um i honestly like i
2: don't i'm not sure if i did like i like i i know that there's a single player version of this game i think i played one level of it and i was like yeah. this is an online playing why would i do this yeah <laughs> um so Maybe I watched it at some point, but I also think that if I watched it at some point, it was like definitely something that I did in the background
0: while brushing my teeth or something. Yes, it but. is so I watched most of it um in like right before we hopped on because I had a little extra time and it's just something you select from the main menu. It's like a 22-minute documentary about and it's basically just like Navy SEAL propaganda. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's, I'm sure it's war propaganda. <laughs> yes,
0: and it's but it's so crazy because it's from 2002. It's from right after the US, you know, like invades Afghanistan. Um they're they touch on that a little bit and some of the guys are talking about how it's go time, which is like, you know, yeah, particularly yikes. in the light of the last few weeks, it's like really bizarre um to watch that but also they're just, you know, talking about how the boot camp is so tough. Anyway, it's this documentary that's like widely available on YouTube. I think if you anyone searches like SOCOM uh, anything really, it'll probably come up. Or just SOCOM documentary. Um, that's the only fact I had for you. I'm, ve- f- I'm
2: very curious to see, uh, does this, how many views does this have?
0: Well, is this- there there's a few different versions of it. I watched someone had posted it and there's like only 400 views, but I think I saw some that were like pretty high up. Like, I mean, tens to hundreds of thousands, I want to say.
2: Okay. Yeah. The one I see, I'm looking at has 319 views and it was posted a year ago. I'm just like, I don't picture there being a lot of like SOCOM US Navy SEAL nostalgia, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, and that may be the case here. It's It's really hard to tell. Um, that's the only fact I had for you, and it's less of a fact <laughs> and more of like a, hey, Joe, here's a documentary that was on this game.
2: I guarantee I will not be watching this
0: documentary. <laughs> you know what? And you will be better for it. Uh, I uh, am worse for watching it. Uh, the next segment for you is the game recommendations. And this is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, where I am going to treat SOCOM as your passionate summer love Um, because when watching that movie, uh, the time I watched it, I couldn't help but just, it was one of those times where your brain, brain wanders. And I was thinking, who does Timothy Chalamet's character date after this? Like, is it going to be someone that's exactly like Army Hammer? Is it going to be out of left field? Is it going to be a total rebound? So that's what these wrecks are sort of based off. Uh, the first of which is if Joey, if you're like, you know what, I've been playing enough of this multiplayer online team military journey. I need a solo one where I'm just basically on my own with the exception of like communicating with people for help. I'll recommend to you metal gear solid Two: sons of Liberty. Um, Uh, sounds like you played, you probably played it. Having played. Metal Gear
2: Solid 2 is great. Um, that's the opposite of military propaganda. I don't know what that's propaganda for other than Hideo Kojima's we- weird brain.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which it, that's all all of his games is his, his weird brain. Um, the second is if, you know what, you do want to play another high-intensity team-based shooter. I'll recommend for you Splatoon for the Wii U. The oh, Splatoon would Splatoon. be fun. Yeah, I played it a little bit and Splatoon's super fun. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, obviously, a completely different uh, take on a team-based shooter. But the last one for you is if you want another badass wild game with voice commands, I can only recommend to you Hey You Pikachu on the Nintendo 64. Um,
2: I feel like I had to have played Hey You Pikachu at some point.
0: Yeah, I don't think I ever did, but I was huge into Pokemon at the time and I had an N64. So I just must have totally missed it because you did need a mic, I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah, like I definitely 100% had Pokemon Snap. So that's like if yes. my Pokemon fandom is there, then I feel like beating Hey You Pikachu is not like that far outside of the realm of my life, you know?
0: Yeah, I I relate to that a lot. Um, and I love, man, Snap, is, Snap was so yeah, good. Yeah, Pokemon did Snap's you? great. Did you play the new one? I never got. I didn't. No, nah, I heard. I heard it's good. I I didn't play
2: it. Um, that's kind of in my like like I said like I think it it came out fairly recently, right?
0: Yeah, I think it was like May.
2: Yeah, so it's like I I'm kind of I'm between uh, allowing myself to like binge a bunch of games kind of thing. So like yes. I'm definitely eyeing Pokemon Snap. I feel like Mother Three is going to keep me busy for a little while. Yeah. Um, but like uh yeah, it's definitely like I definitely. I'm curious
0: to see if it's as fun as the first one because the original Pokemon Snap was great. Yeah, I I adore that one. Um, well, that ends the game recommendations. Enjoy that does bring us to the end of the show. Uh, so before we go and plug whatever, just wanted to say thanks for coming on and taking the leap on the on the. Can you remind me of the tour's name again?
2: Uh, OK, the name I literally have it. Open in a notepad so I can say the whole thing. I'm so happy. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh it's the Joey Clift has some free time. So he's spending it guest down podcast summer twenty twenty-one tour, which you can follow along on uh Twitter using the hashtag. Ha- hashtag J C H S F T S H S I G O P S 2021.
0: Perfect. Uh yeah, thank you so much for joining. This is a blast to hear from you. Um, is there anything you want to plug and want people to know about as you head out? Uh, yeah I guess
2: uh, follow me on Twitter at Joey Tainment follow me on Instagram at Joey Clift with like five or six eyes the reason for that is that like a 12 year old took Joey Clift with one eye so I just had to make do Um, and uh, let's see other than that um, I have a short film that's uh, getting ready to go through the festival circuit that we're starting to schedule screenings for it's called My First Native American Boyfriend it's um, basically just about like all the weird microaggressions that I've run into just like dating non-native people (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, that's going through the festival circuit right now. Awesome. Um, and, um, I, this is going to be a little bit vague, but uh, I've got a lot of really cool stuff coming out in October. So definitely if you want to see a bunch of cool things that I can't name, but I think you're going to like, follow
0: me on Twitter and in October you'll see a bunch of cool stuff. Awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing all that. I saw, I think I saw you post about your short film, Kylie Brakeman's in it, correct? Yeah. Uh, she's obviously hilarious so i am so excited to uh see what you all have done uh thanks again i will close us out with some plugs of my own uh the cover art for call me by your game is done by glenn J. you can find him and his wonderful work on instagram at, at glenn with two n's dot jay uh, again if you want to support us and you like me you like my opinions on games you like hearing me blab with people you can check me out and a bunch of other wonderful people at patreon.com slash super npc radio um we do a monthly group co-op version of this show um coming up in at this point in about two weeks we'll have the super metroid episode which is on Uh, hell yeah uh i'm i beat ridley last night joey so we're i'm really uh having having a good time and i'm right at the end of that game um and then if you're a zelda fan of course we're doing the legend of zelda games club All year round, where we post every other Friday, a big book club episode talking about each game in the mainline series. Uh, This show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his show, Video Games, a comedy show, which you can get anywhere you listen to your podcast. And then I'm also on social media, Connor underscore McCabe. And I haven't been doing it as much lately, but you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. That'll do it for this episode. Call me by your name. We will see you on the